0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate.
0: Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Girlfriend's Guide to Sports podcast. My name is Claire Coles, and this is your weekly update. It's Monday, November 13th, Let's start with what you missed over the last week, then we'll move on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. All right, so for the first time in quite some time, we are not starting with baseball as that season has concluded now, so we will be starting with basketball, and there are some headlines that happened in the NBA over the last week. We are only... Max 10 games in and we already have no undefeated teams left in the league and we also have no winless teams left. We do have some home Warriors though, aka meaning they are undefeated at home in the West, the Nuggets, the Timberwolves and the Lakers and in the East, the 76ers and the Celtics are all currently sitting undefeated at home. The Grizzlies are winless at home, yikes, and the Rockets and the Clippers are winless away. So that's kind of how the season has started already as we begin the NBA season. To build off of that, the Clippers are also 0-4 with James Harden. So much for him being the fix that they needed. Nuggets star Nikola Jokic has now two straight games with 35 points in Denver's win over the Warriors, 108 to 105, already starting off strong. And then 76ers star Tyrese Maxey put up his first 50-point game against the Pacers. This makes him the youngest Sixers player to do so since 1997. Sticking with the 76ers on news, their word Kelly Obrey Jr. was hit by a car when he was walking home early Saturday evening, like literally 7 o'clock in the afternoon or in the evening. He was crossing the street when the car hit him, and it actually is uh, the car mirror hit him in the ribs, breaking one of them and causing injuries to his hip and right leg. He is expected to miss the rest of the month in playing time, but he was allowed to observe practice today the car in question actually fled the scene. So they are still looking for that perpetrator. And then I know I usually don't cover women's basketball, but since college basketball did start last week, figured I might as well give some crazy news because Usually it's football that usually gets crazy around this time, but hoops wanted to say, hold my beer and go ahead and take that on for the, for the week that happened. So on the women's side, both number one LSU and number two, UConn have already lost and it's only been week one on the men's side. Number four, Michigan state lost literally day one of the entire basketball season to unranked James Madison in overtime, man. Talk about starting the season with a bang. Then during the weekend, number 12, Arizona beat number two, Duke, 78 to 73. And number 17, San Diego fell to BYU. Now that is the only upsets that happened in the top 25 all week, but it is week one. So expect more and more as we get going. I have a ton of college football news, so just hold on while we get through all of this news because a lot happened this week. In the top 25, we had six losses, big showdown in the SEC for the second straight week. Georgia played a ranked opponent and number two, Georgia got their tight end Brock Bowers back and it showed because the dogs scored double digits in every quarter of their game. Number nine, Old Miss, didn't get into the end zone even in the second half at all. Georgia looked like the number one team in the country. Just saying, that's my opinion, with a route of Old Miss 52 to 17. Big matchup in the Big Ten. Number 10, Penn State, put up a good fight, but was frankly just outclassed by number three, Michigan, even without Harbaugh on the sidelines. We're going to get to that here in a second. They did get a first and goal, which is the first time the Wolverines have faced that all year. Michigan could not get anything done through the air, so they ran and ran and ran the ball all over the Nitley Lions. Wolverines stay undefeated, winning by nine. I also knew this next matchup, the wrong team was favored, but even I didn't see this score coming. Number 13, Tennessee lost to number 14, Mizzou, 36-7. So nice job, Mizzou, bouncing back after their Georgia loss last week to beat a high-powered offense like Tennessee. Didn't look like it in that game, only scoring one touchdown, though. And then after a... Big Bedlam win last week. Number 15, Oklahoma State got torn apart by UCF in their Space City uniforms. The Cowpokes had four turnovers, three interceptions, making it 24-0 at half with a final score of 45-3. to Yikes. Turn, turns out a little rain can still cool off a very hot team. Number 16, Kansas knew they had a problem when their second string quarterback Bean went out in the first half. They had to mount a comeback from a 13-point deficit, but managed it in the fourth quarter, even with their third stringer. They tied the game with only 25 seconds left in the game. We looked like we were going to overtime, but then they let the Red Raiders get into field goal range with just seven seconds left on the clock. Jayhawks lose to Texas Tech by a field goal. Number 18, Utah was leading undefeated. Number five, Washington at half, 28-24. Not usually known for their offense, but man, they were rolling this game. The Utes were done scoring by halftime, though, and it was all Huskies third quarter. Washington beats a good Utah team, 35-28, still undefeated. Lucky, though, as they had a very stupid start stupid play their defense Washington Huskies defense caught the ball in an interception and ran it back for what should have been a touchdown but literally as he was crossing the line into the end zone drops the ball and it was like a full yard short it wasn't even close and so it was Utah who picked up that fumble so lucky for the Huskies that that didn't end up mattering but moral of the story always run through the line that wraps it up for the losses for the week, but other major headlines. Number 19, LSU rolled over Florida, who is now just 5-5. Five and five. LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels had a Heisman Trophy-worthy performance. He is the first player in FBS history to have 350 passing yards, and 200 rushing in a single game. It literally has never been done in the entire history of college football. He had over 600 yards total himself and five touchdowns. Absolutely nuts. I would be shocked if we don't see him in New York for the Heisman Trophy. Then number 22, Iowa versus Rutgers game was the lowest over under at 27 and a half since 2000, at least since 2000. And it hit Iowa won that game 22 to zero. Then we had some close calls in the top 25. So number four, Florida State played their rivals Miami this weekend. And it was closer than it realistically should have been for number four facing an unranked team. But again, it is a rivalry game. It was tied at 10, 10 a piece at half. But then with the return of Keon Coleman, the Knolls could not be stopped. Florida State wins by a touchdown. Number seven, Texas escapes again. And yes, if you're like, man, a deja vu. I feel like she says that every week. I do. Even with quarterback Quinn Ewers back, the Texas team got out to a hot start, but let TCU come back again, just like K-State the week before. The Horned Frogs scored 20 points in the fourth quarter to mount their comeback, but would fall a field goal short. And then number 11, Louisville had to score 17 points in the final quarter to beat a 2-8 and eight UVA team, but they managed to do it to win by a touchdown. They are likely into the ACC championship game now with just one more win needed. Then they would go on to play Florida State. Number 21, Arizona, didn't lead the entire game until their game-winning field goal as time expired. But they beat Colorado, who is now 4-6 and six, and unlikely to make a bowl game at this point as their final two opponents are Washington State, maybe manageable, and obviously a good Utah team. And then we all know number 24 UNC and Duke hate each other on the basketball court, but this year it was a great game on the football field as well with a prolific fourth quarter where 39 points were scored. We went into overtime tied at 36 apiece. Overtime then both teams scored a touchdown and we moved on to second overtime. UNC gets their touchdown and you have to go for a two-point conversion and the Tar Heels get theirs. Duke then gets a touchdown, but Fails on their two-point conversion. UNC, newly ranked, escapes. And then there were some not close call games. Number six, Oregon handed USC their fourth loss of the season. The score looked better than the actual game was as USC backdoor covers, only losing by nine. What do I mean by backdoor covers? It means 13 of their points that they scored came in garbage time, so late in the fourth quarter, when Oregon had basically taken their foot off the gas. That's what I mean by that. Number eight, Alabama put up 21 points in the first quarter, and it was 28-7 at half against Kentucky. The Wildcats never really had a chance, as the tide seems to have found its stride. That is dangerous for every other team, and with that win, it will be Bama versus Georgia in their conference game. And then number 17, Oklahoma and 25, K-State, killed their respective opponents, winning by over 30 points apiece. Illinois versus Indiana, which neither team is ranked, but I'm going to cover it anyway because it was a crazy fun game that went into overtime. While the Fighting Illini got the best of the Hoosiers, this game was, was literally the most points scored in a Big Ten game in the last 10 years with 93 points scored. Okay, so big news dropped on Friday. So right before game day, the next day, Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh was not allowed on the sideline for the biggest game of the season so far for the Wolverines because they went to Happy Valley this weekend. That is because the Big Ten sanctioned the school not Harbaugh, for the sign-stealing scandal. In the release, the conference did actually make sure to say that the punishment was for the school, not the coach, as they do not have evidence that Harbaugh knew about all the sign-stealing that was going on, but since he is head of the team, he is not allowed on the sidelines for the remaining three games of regular season. So, yep, that also means he will miss the Ohio State game to finish the season as well. He can, however, be at practice and everything else. You literally, if you watched the Michigan's game, you might have thought Harbaugh died because the interim head coach, Sharon Moore, sobbed and cursed multiple times on camera to the reporter post-game on the field. Talk about a little overdramatic, and here is the clip. Love the shit out of you, man. This is for you, for this university, the president, our AD. We got the best players, best university, best alumni in the country. Love you guys. These fucking guys right here. These guys right here, man. These guys did it. These guys did it, man. Talk to him, man. Love you. Absolutely, a little overdramatic. Like I said, Harbaugh did not die. He is simply just not allowed on the sidelines for three games. But you know who probably should be getting emotional today is Texas A&M Aggie fans, as they may have won this weekend against Mississippi State 51-10, to but that didn't stop Texas A&M from firing their head coach, Jimbo Fisher. Now, it has been a swirling around the rumor mill for quite some time that this was going to come to fruition and that they just needed to get funds kind of surrounded and collected as this is historic because Jimbo had a record guaranteed deal. His buyout after six years with the team is still $77 million. Jimbo was 45 and 25 in the six seasons. He was with Texas A&M last year. They finished five and seven. And that was his first season ever between all of his years as a head coach with a losing record. He was not the only coach, though, that was fired over the weekend. Also, Mississippi State's head coach, Zach Arnett, has also been fired. He took over the team when Mike Leach, their head coach, passed away, but has had little success since then. Also, Boise State fired their head coach, and San Diego State's head coach is retiring. So let the coaching carousel begin. This week, College Game Day will be at James Madison for their game against App State. That will be at 1 p.m. on ESPN Plus. I'm telling you now because it won't be in my top five games of the week. And then in the NFL this week, it was a record-setting week with nine close games. Five of them were decided by game-winning walk-off field goals the most in one week in NFL history. So... We're going to start with those games. The Texans scored 10 points in the final three quarters to win over the red-hot Cincinnati Bengals team. For the first time in a long while, the Houston team is over five hundred, and they did win on a walk-off field goal. Arizona got their quarterback, Kyler Murray, back for the first time in almost a year, and it showed. The 1-8 team went on to kick their game-winning field goal after Murray had one of his signature runs. To put them in field goal range, that is their second win of the season with a win over the Falcons. Then the Lions-Chargers game was a high-scoring one with the Chargers leading at half, but the Lions mounted a comeback and ended with a 41-yard field goal to win. The Seahawks are having a bounce-back season after last season, and they win this week over the Commanders with a 43-yard field goal to win by three. And then finally, the Ravens started out hot, outscoring the Browns 17-3 to in the first quarter alone, but you guessed it, the Browns would come back scoring 16 in the fourth quarter and one with a walk-off 41-yard field goal. Those are all the close field goal games, but now let's go over some other updates and headlines. Thursday night football had a showdown in the bottom of the league between the Bears and the Panthers. Man, the North Carolina team cannot catch a break. Chicago wins by three. The Colts and the Pan- Patriots game in, was in Germany this week, and there was only one touchdown scored the entire game. So probably good that they're used to soccer, which is low scoring. And it was in the first quarter. So action was over early. The Patriots never managed to get into the end zone. The Colts win by a field goal, not a walk off field goal, <laughs> just a field goal. Then the Vikings scored 21 points in the second quarter alone and would go on to win by eight over the Saints. Then there was a fight after an interception when the Steelers beat the Packers by four. Fists were flying as well as flags were thrown, but it was eventually broken up. Some not-so-close games this week. The 49ers snapped their three-game losing streak with an impressive 34-3 win over the Jags. Then the Bucks beat the Titans 20-6, who are struggling on the road. The Tennessee team is currently 0-5. When they play outside their stadium, the Cowboys also crushed the Giants 49 to 17. This means through two games against the New York team this season, the Cowboys have outscored them 89 to 17. And then this would not be the girlfriend's guide to sports. If I did not go over some girl news for football, What do you think I'm going to talk about? The Chiefs were off this week, but trailer was not. Travis Kelsey was in attendance at the Taylor Swift concert. She is in Argentina to begin the abroad part of her tour. He was looking all cute and bashful when she changed her song lyrics in Karma for him. The lyric is supposed to be, Karma is the guy on the screen coming straight home to me. And she changed it to Guy on the Chiefs. So how cute. They also shared a kiss after the after the concert. It is the first one caught on camera. So, of course, Swifty fans went absolutely berserk. So the real question, do we still think it's just for NFL propaganda? All right, I promise I am done for football for a while. Let's go on to the world of golf. Swedish so golfer Alex Noren might have started off the day in the lead going 48 straight holes without a bogey, but then he made back-to-back bogeys on the final day and never recovered. That would allow Colombian golfer Camillo Villega to swoop in and get his First PGA Tour title since 2014. Not only was this, this his first since 2014, but it comes just years after the death of his 22 month old daughter. She died of brain cancer. Mia died in 2020, and Viega had a son in December, so kind of a nice comeback moment. Needless to say, he has been through a roller coaster of emotions. He was also runner up last week, so if you thought that name sounded familiar, that's probably why. Overall, this is the 41-year-old's 40, fifth PGA Tour title. And then also the Live Tour announced this week that they will have transfer windows and allow in-season trades. Kind of getting a baseball and football vibe here. Players are also allowed to change teams and some have already done so in the off-season. Only the top 24 players in the individual points race are guaranteed back in the league for the next season. Then we have free agency that opens up and teams can go after any top 24 player that didn't re-sign with their current team or any golfer ranked between 25 and 44. So I won't go into all the rest of the details, but kind of interesting that we have this playing out. Like you know, it is team-oriented as well as individual. So we'll see if there's a bunch of movement. A little bit of Olympic news, Michaela Schifrin gets her first World Cup title of the season on Sunday in her signature, the slalom. This was after Slovenian skier Petra Volova looked to have another victory in hand after run one, but didn't finish run two after failing to clear a gate. And Schiffrin even acknowledged how much Petra was ahead, but she would gladly take the victory. This is Schiffrin's 89th World Cup title and 54th in the slalom overall. She will continue to extend her record with the most number of titles ever as we move through the season. And then in contrast to that World Cup in the slalom, the Matterhorn World Cup races were all canceled due to weather. Then Utah has placed gymnastics head coach Tom Fardin on leave after two former gymnasts accused the program of abuse. He was not specifically named in either accusation, but he has been either the co or the sole head coach since both gymnasts were in action at the university. So I'm sure we will not this will not be the last we hear of that. And then super, super quick in soccer news, the NWSL season is officially over. And for the first time ever, New Jersey slash New York Gotham is first time champs. They won the title this weekend over LLOL rain on Saturday when they won two to one. Then also Megan Rapinoe has officially played her last game on a soccer field as she retired this week. That is what happened over the last week. Now let's go over what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. In the NBA, we've got two games pretty much three different times this week. Tuesday, the Spurs play, take on the Thunder at 630 on TNT Then the Clippers at the Nuggets at 9. On Wednesday, the Celtics take on the 76ers at 630 on ESPN, followed by the Kings at the Lakers at 9. And on Friday, the Kings take on the Spurs at 6.30 on ESPN and the Suns take on the Jazz at 9 on ESPN. If you're like, man, I feel like the Spurs are on TV a lot. Remember, that is because French phenom Wemby is on the Spurs, so he is getting lots of TV time. Basketball is in full swing, and by that I mean NCAA men's basketball. Tuesday, catch number two, Duke at number four, Michigan State at 6 p.m. on ESPN. Both are ranked in the top five, and both already have a loss. Number five, Marquette takes on number 25, Illinois at 7, also on Tuesday on Fox Sports 1. Then basketball, Blue Bloods, number one, Kansas at number 16, Kentucky at 8.30 on espn All of that, and that is all the ranked-first-ranked matchups all on Tuesday, so a powerhouse night. Then in NCAA women's, again, I usually don't report on this, but I think from now on I'm going to. If it is a ranked-first-ranked game and it is on TV, I am going to try to put it on here. So Thursday, number 20, Maryland takes on number 8, UConn at 5.30 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. Then on Saturday, number 23, Illinois takes on number 10, Notre Dame at noon, On NBC in the top 25 games of the week for college football. Number 16, Utah goes to number 19, Arizona. Again, these are AP poll rankings. So AP poll, not college football playoff, because these are the ones that came out yesterday, a.k.a. Sunday. So 16, Utah at number 19, Arizona at 130. They will be on the Pac-12 network and Arizona is favored by one and a half. Number 22, UNC takes on Clemson in Death Valley. That will be a great game, even though Clemson is not ranked. That game will be at 230 on ESPN. Clemson favored by six and a half. Then number one, Georgia takes on number 21, Tennessee, after their butt kicking this last weekend. That is also at 230 on CBS. Georgia favored by 10 and a half. Then number 23, Kansas State takes on newly, I'm sure, not ranked Kansas. They will play at six. At Fox Sports, one, Kansas State is favored by eight and a half. And then finally, a big matchup in the Pac-12. Number five, Washington travels to Corvallis to number 10, Oregon State. They play at 6.30 p.m. on ABC. Oregon State is favored by one. Also on Tuesday, the college football playoff ranking show is at eight on ESPN. I will then update the top twenty-five games of the week with those rankings on Wednesday. On the NFL net or on the NFL schedule this week, Monday Night Football: the Broncos at the Bills, so the game of the B teams at seven fifteen on ABC slash ESPN. Thursday Night Football: the Bengals at the Ravens at seven fifteen on Prime. Then on Sunday, we have eight games at noon on CBS or Fox. The CBS games are the Steelers at the Browns, the Raiders at the Dolphins, the Titans at the Jags, and the Cardinals at the Texans. Then on Fox, the Bears at the Lions, the Chargers at the Packers, and the Giants at the Commanders, or the Cowboys at the Panthers. At 3.05 p.m. on Fox, you can catch the Buccaneers at the 49ers. And then on CBS at 3.25, either catch the Jets at the Bills or the Seahawks at the Rams. Sunday Night Football will be the Vikings at the Broncos at 7.20. And then next Monday will be Monday Night Football Eagles at the Chiefs. So a big one. Expect that to be high scoring at 7.15 on ABC or ESPN. Then on the world of golf, this week, the PGA Tour goes to the RSM Classic. That round one will be able to be watched at on Thursday at 11 a.m. on Golf Channel. Friday, same time, and, and just a different round, round two. Saturday, round three at noon on Golf Channel. And then Sunday, catch the final round at noon as well. That is not the only golf in action, though, on Sunday on regular scheduled programming. The LPGA will be shown at noon on NBC. We only have two games of hockey that are scheduled to be on TV this week. On Wednesday, the Flyers at the Hurricanes at 6.30 on TNT, followed by the Islanders at the Canucks at 9.30. This week, y'all, it is big on Sunday at midnight Yes, midnight. It is Formula One, the Las Vegas Grand Prix. That is because they will be racing in Las Vegas for the first time ever, and it will be at night. So kind of exciting, and that is why it is on here, because it's absolutely going to be so amazing. We'll see if somebody else other than Verstappen actually wins. On Sunday, also for Olympic sports going on this weekend, figure skating, the Grand Prix Espoo, which is in Finland. That will be at 3 on NBC if you want to watch that as well. Soccer going on, the FIFA Men's U17 World Cup, CONCACAF National League, and UEFA Euro qualifying all going on this week. So check out the blog, The Girlfriend's Guide to Sports, for more times and games. All right, that wraps it up for me this week. Apologies for my atrocious Taylor Swift impression, but figured it was worth giving you guys a taste of what that sounded like. As always, check out the blog, The Girlfriend's Guide to Sports, for more games and times, including the top 25. Tried to make that more accessible this week for y'all as well. And I will catch you next week.